Hello, friends and listeners. Welcome to another episode of Real Life. I'm Lisa, and today we are going to be talking about red flags. This podcast is not intended to replace therapy, counseling, or seeing a psychiatrist. All information is researched and opinions are my own. I am an inpatient mental health registered nurse and professional content developer. Red flags. First of all, what are red flags? Generally speaking, red flags or amber flags, which I'll explain in a bit, are warning signs or indicators that something might not be right or that it may require a bit of further investigation to figure out what's really going on. The term red flags is one of those social media buzzwords that you'll see used and abused a lot online. And it's important to take a step back and make sure that you know the difference between an actual red flag versus something that you just don't like or which makes you feel a bit uncomfortable. Red flags can apply to various different situations in your life, such as romantic relationships, family relationships, and th that sort of thing. So we're looking at focusing on all of those broadly. However, you will hear me split my focus a little between work versus relationships, which covers all of your personal relationships, regardless of the nature of them. So let's talk about amber flags versus red flags. And it's back to that what I would compare it to is a traffic light situation. Amber means proceed with caution and prepare to stop, whereas red means stop and do not proceed any further. The same thing applies in terms of the relationship and work situations I'm discussing today. Think of it this way. Amber flags are signs that there might be some potential problems in the relationship or the situation, whereas red flags are like a great big flashing neon sign telling you loud and clear that there are definitely, definitely issues that need to be dealt with. Amber flags could include having different values or interests, different levels of emotional availability, having unequal levels of commitment or differences in terms of their personal preferences, and maybe having some difficulty with communication. Red flags, on the other hand, could include things like aggressive behavior, being disrespectful, strange or unusual behaviors, repeated inconsistencies in someone's story, or the way they behave in different situations, an ongoing refusal to answer questions, or even try to communicate have a lack of empathy or concern for others, etc. There are levels, of course, and there's a huge difference between someone making a mistake versus intentional behavior. So let's be a bit more specific. In your relationships, some of the most common red flags are lying, 
or dishonesty, a lack of trust or respect, controlling behavior, unhealthy boundaries or a total lack of boundaries, codependency, unresolved conflict, a lack of communication, being overly critical, disrespectful behavior, infidelity, substance abuse or addictive behaviors such as excessive gambling, and physical, emotional, or verbal abuse. At work, common red flags include poor or non-existent communication, high turnover rates, a culture of micromanagement, uh, having unrealistic or unreasonable expectations placed on you, not having opportunities to grow in your career, having a poor work-life balance as a result of your work commitments, dishonest or unethical behavior, etc. So now let's talk about why you need to pay attention to red flags. I feel like I'm stating the obvious here, but none of the things that I listed before in terms of both your relationships and your work are even remotely healthy, and they're all very likely to do harm to your well-being in the long term. I will also say that although I'm mainly focusing on red flags today, you need to be proactive about dealing with amber flags as well. Why? Well, because even though amber flags are less severe than red flags, they definitely shouldn't be ignored. When issues are left unaddressed, they have a tendency to fester and grow. So dealing with things early can help to prevent them from becoming bigger issues later on. So the key point here is really about taking care of yourself and making sure that your needs are met because if you don't do it who will you know it's it's funny because when i was researching this episode one of the autocomplete terms that came up on google was can red flags go away which i thought was very interesting maybe it's me but i think that often we just don't want reality to be reality and so we hope things will just take care of themselves and improve on their own but they won't people don't just magically change who they are overnight and you have no direct control over what someone else chooses to do or not do. And so it's up to you to make a choice about the stuff that you can control, what you do and say, as well as what you don't do or say. So with all of that in mind, let's get into the how-to part of today's episode. And now let's talk about how to deal with red flags in a thoughtful way. I'm going to start by talking about red flags, which are the more serious types of things we talked about earlier, such as controlling behaviors, disrespect, lying, or dishonesty, lack of honest communication, 
abuse of any kind, etc. And then I'm going to take some time to talk about how to deal with amber flags, which are the less severe types of issues, such as having difficulty communicating, being on different pages in terms of values or interest, and so forth. Let me say up front that amber flags need to be dealt with swiftly and proactively because those things have a habit of building and building over time until they become much larger issues. And if you've been listening for a while, now then you'd be well aware of the fact that I often say, Prevention is better than cure because, well, it is. Okay, so let's start with more serious stuff and cover off on how to deal with red flags. And my first tip is take some time to think things through because dealing with red flags in any relationship or situation requires careful consideration and action. Basically, what I'm saying here is to not be like a bull in a china shop and just charge headfirst into dealing with the issue, but instead to take some time for yourself to give it some thought. If you reflect back on the stuff I've been saying in this episode today, hopefully you'll be aware that there's a sort of undercurrent message throughout. all of which is that you need to look after yourself and your needs. And so to do that, you need to think about the situation and consider how it is affecting you. Once you are completely clear on that, it makes it a lot easier to do the next thing, which is decide what boundaries you need to set for yourself because without boundaries which are simply statements on what you will and will not accept things can get very blurry and and messy you'll notice that i said for yourself in terms of this boundary setting exercise i'm suggesting you do this well before you even try to open up a discussion with the other person. And the reason why I say that is that it helps you to become really clear on what you will accept and what you won't. When you have a clear idea of the boundaries you want and need for yourself, the next step is communicate your boundaries. And that means having an honest and open conversation about what you need and why, which can be quite challenging for a lot of people because we're often hardwired to avoid conflict. But the fact is that if you don't ask, then you won't get. Other people cannot read your mind and nobody's responsible for meeting your needs other than you. So express your concerns openly and calmly, and then be firm and assertive in setting boundaries with the other person. And that leads to my next point, stick to your boundaries. And look, this is the bit a lot of people struggle with. They have an assertive conversation. They set the boundaries. They feel good and empowered. 
and as though things are going to improve and then days, weeks, or months later, things start going downhill again or possibly even return to the way they were. And that's when most people struggle to figure out what to do next. So I'll tell you what you need to do next. You then need to call out what is happening or not happening and remind the person about the conversation you already have had and the specific boundaries you agreed on. Because this discussion needs to be tied back into the fact the agreement isn't being respected. Does that make sense? What that does is that it helps you to avoid going around in circles and instead keeps the discussion moving forward. If it happens again, then the next discussion needs to become specifically about why the person is choosing not to respect your boundaries and your needs rather than just the specific behavior itself, which you still need to address. But by that point, the conversation is much bigger. If someone is repeatedly doing and saying things when you ask them not to, then that is a willful choice and a clear sign of disrespect, which is one of the reddest red flags of them all. To cut a long story short, remember that a boundary which is not enforced is just an imaginary line. So it's up to you to stick to your boundaries in order to protect your well-being and lay the foundation for a healthy relationship. And so that leads to my next point. Be prepared to act on consequences because if someone continues to treat you poorly, then you only really have one of two choices, accept it or walk away. And let me state very, very clearly that choosing to accept it is the unhealthiest decision you could possibly make for yourself. So please don't choose that path. If someone is treating you disrespectfully or worse, then you owe it to yourself and your dignity to put your boots on and start walking. At work, that means you need to find another job as soon as possible. At home, that means potentially walking away. Often we're scared to walk away from relationships or our jobs because we think we won't be okay but you will be okay and you will find a way forward that's far healthier for you than the situation you're in now and the short-term pain is worth it for all the long-term gain you'll get never ever ever allow someone in either your personal life or your professional one to treat you with anything less than dignity and respect ever. Okay. So my next point is seek support because we all need to have a good support system in place. So talk with your trusted friends, family, or a professional like a counselor or therapist for guidance, validation, and support. They can provide an outside perspective and offer valuable advice on how to deal with the red flags. Next, look after yourself, and that means taking care of yourself mentally, emotionally, and physically. Uh, then 
educate yourself. And by that, I mean learning more about healthy relationships and what constitutes healthy behavior, because that can help you to identify and address red flags more effectively. Okay, so now let's talk about dealing with amber flags, because that also requires some thoughtful consideration and being proactive about the steps you take to address things early. So here are some tips to help you do that, starting with communicate openly and honestly, because just like with red flags, open and honest communication is key for dealing with amber flags so that you can focus your energy towards building a healthier relationship. Uh, Clarify your expectations, talk through what you expect and why, as well as what the other person expects and why, and discuss any differences in values, interests, or areas of concern. That means having an open and honest conversation about what each person expects from the relationship or situation, and what can be done to address any differences. Find common ground which means working together to address issues and finding solutions that work for everybody. Work on healthy communication, which means listening to one another and really hearing what is being said, expressing emotions in a healthy way and working together to resolve conflicts in a constructive and respectful manner. Notice patterns, and by that I mean to be mindful of patterns of behavior over time, both in terms of the other person and yourself, as well as the relationship as a whole. This comes back to what I said earlier about what to do if things start slipping again, or if they go backwards fast. If you notice that problems keep on occurring, or if it feels like one step forward, two steps back, then you might need to reassess the relationship and your role in it going forward because recurring patterns tend to build over time. Next, be clear about your values and needs because you are responsible for your own happiness and satisfaction in life. And to make that happen consistently, you need to be very clear about what matters to you and what you need out of any relationship or situation in general. Because when it comes to red flags and mental health, what it all boils down to is this. Dealing with red flags can be challenging, but it's a necessity. And since prevention is better than cure, it's always ideal to try and tackle issues early rather than letting them grow and fester. Managing these sorts of difficult situations, either in your personal life or at work requires courage, self-awareness, and action. However, you need to always remember that you have the right to be in healthy and respectful relationships, and it's completely fine to take steps to protect yourself when faced with issues and red flags. Seeking support and taking appropriate action can help you navigate through challenging situations and also allow you to make the best choices for the sake of your well-being. So, ignoring the signs is a good way to end up in the wrong destination.
This is Real Life. I'm Lisa. Stay well.